Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. listening to season five of mother may i sleep with podcast i'm your host molly mcelgaver You guys, today I have on my friend Eden, Eden XO. We've been friends for a long time through many stages of our lives. She's a pop star. I'm excited to present to her my idea for her new hit single. But yes, how you doing, girl? Hey, girl, I'm doing great. It's great to be here with you. We got the Girl Scout cookies. We got Lifetime movies. We got Magic Crystals. Do you Couldn't know who be I ordered these from? Who? My niece, Jody Aww. Sweeten's daughter. Wait, I follow her biological father on Twitter and one of like his fans added me with his <laughs> Sammy's dying with the Girl Scout cookie link to Beatrix's Girl Scout cookies and I was not going to order and then I ate all my s'mores that came mm-hmm. and so I was like, well, I have a link for like my sister's daughter. So I went and got some. Guys, we're starting out on a real not creepy note today. Everything's going <laughs> great over here at my house. I was not watching What Would You Do with John Kionis and crying two hours ago. Wait, like the Nickelodeon What Would You Do? No, I wish. That's oh. the one with um, what's his what, face? What, 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 what would you do? He was the guy who hosted um, Double Dare. No, love the, that guy. We love him. He's great. Mark, Mark Summers. Mark Summers. Right. Mark Summers from Double Dare. Duh. In um the temple one, Head uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple. Yes, yeah, I live. Um, no, I was watching the one. It's about like moral conundrums mm-hmm. where like you go out in public. Oh my god, I love that show. Mm-hmm. I know, and I was like crying about it because I was like that cashier should not belittle him for being illiterate. And then, <laughs> and then I'm like Molly, it's fake. <laughs> like, no, not all of it. You know, Gaga was on an episode of that. No. Before she was Gaga. What did she do? Did she do the right thing? She, um, oh no, I'm so sorry. She was on Boiling Points. A little oh, similar. That's similar. similar. That was, um, yeah, okay, I remember that. They like trashed her salad or something, or she got up to pee, and then they came to, like, she was in a restaurant. She got up to pee. She wasn't finished eating clearly. And then someone came over and, like, put, like, napkins and, like, straw wrappers in her salad to, like, clear it. And, I feel like Whitney Cummings was like one of the agitators. Maybe. Like I think that that was one of her first jobs. Gaga she also did like well. punked, I think. The only weird thing was she was wearing flip flops, which I was like, whoa, Gaga, we would never see Lady you. Gaga. Well, she's, you know, I mean, isn't she a wealthy girl? She can deal with a fucked up salad. Like I respect <laughs> it, but I'm like, you're from money. Like you've had worse. You know what I mean? But she was like chill. Like she was kind, you know, she could have been from, from money and been like a little bitch and she wasn't. No, that's right. You're right. But so anyway, today's going great. I wanted to do this movie with you originally because I feel like Menu for Murder. Like, there's so many big names in it. Julia Duffy, Morgan Fairchild, the late Edie McClurg. 
Do you remember Ferris Bueller's? I do. And that, like, the secretary that was in the principal's office? Oh, yeah. That was Patsy in this movie. Oh. And this movie is basically full of iconic legends. Icons. It's a really, really great movie. I fucking loved it. Um, I was telling Eden before that this sort of falls into... I guess maybe iffy category if we're being like lifetime purists. This originally was made and aired on CBS. Like a lot of the big ones that we do, like She Fought Alone and um, I don't know. I think even uh, Death of a Cheerleader was originally made for a network TV movie. This movie, I think, though, has a unique distinction of being a backdoor pilot. Do you know what that is? A backdoor pilot. Yeah. Like a pilot that didn't get picked up and turned into a movie? So back in the day, like 90210 is the example I always use. I should like find some more examples. But back in the day, like they would test and see if America was ready for this concept as a TV show by making a TV movie. And it would be like basically just like get to know these characters, like get to know everything that's going on around town, like see that get involved in this like murder or this thing and then watch it play out and at the end of it if america wants like if it tested well they would be like okay we're making a pilot totally and like it makes sense especially for the star power that they got in this movie because at the time this movie was made in 1990 yeah when like all of these women were at like the peak of their careers in a lot of way this Mm -hmm. was also casper van dien's first movie Wait, who now? Who does he play? He plays Kevin the lifeguard. Oh, yeah! This was his first movie, um, and I, I love know. the part when Kevin has the face mask on and like runs away. It's iconic. <laughs> like this movie has so many Joan Van Ark who plays um, Julia. Um, we're gonna have to break down for everyone at home. This movie is about. Like six bitches, you well, know, what and I Morgan mean? Fairchild, like icon, uh, absolute icon. By the way, she's gorgeous. She's still gorgeous. By the way, I was in a movie with her not that long ago, and she was still gorgeous. It's unbelievable, like yeah. how beautiful she is. What movie did you guys do? We did a movie called "You're Gonna Miss Me," shot mm-hmm. out in um, Bisbee, Arizona, and I didn't have any scenes with her, but I saw her walking around, and she was quite beautiful. That's like kind of ironic because that's where Susan Henshaw was born arizona small town in arizona so the big busy world of encino california this the is encino where we know of it all the, the encino. encino and i was like so happy that like you grew up here when i was watching this because i was like okay she's gonna have some extra tea like it yeah. always has a little extra juice on la in the 90s and 80s and everything also we the last time i saw you which was just i mean a couple weeks ago we got persian food in encino Mm-hmm. and it was great it was delicious but like i don't usually go to encino so that's kind of funny it was like a hey do you want to get persian food in encino and now this entire film takes place in encino you know i was noticing that it was like right next to a benihana which i've never been to one Ever. Ever in your life? Never in my life. It's like Malls. one of my unique traits in this world. Is Meaning like you just at this point don't want to do it because like no. you want to keep saying I've never been to a Benihana. No, that's how I feel about like eating Twinkies. Even though now I've eaten a Twinkie for a long time, I wore that as like a badge of honor mm-hmm. that like I somehow made it to like 32 or something without eating a Twinkie. Um, but then my aunt made me eat one and I was sort of like, yeah, it's everything I didn't want. Um, I have that about two things. And on Valentine's Day, one is over already. Like one ended. 
What was it? Okay, so that I... That sounds, I mean, so mad suspicious. The first one, I, I mean, not to get off track, but the first one is I've never seen Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Still haven't. Mm-hmm. That one I can still go around. Still never seen it myself. We have really? that. Yeah. Oh, my God. I knew I loved you. Second one was... Um, by the way, at this point, like, I'd love to see Star Wars, but I just feel like I can't now. Like, uh, it's too late. Because the late. nerds are so, like, aggressive about it. Like, yeah. And also, every guy you ever date is like, like you oh, seen Star Wars? I'll oh. be the one to get you to watch Star Wars. And I'm like, no. Like, I at that point, I'm like, I'm not giving you this. It's like giving someone, like, your anal virginity. Like, it's like, right. dog, like, Gotta I'm not special. doing this with you. Okay. <laughs> So then what's number two that you number ended two, on Valentine's? Yeah, number two is I, ha- I up until Valentine's Day a couple days ago, I, ha- I had no tattoos on my body. What'd you do? Not a one. Really? <laughs> I'm kind of shocked by that. Everyone was shocked by it. Because um, you're like a little, like you've been around for a while. Like I would feel like you'd have like a bad faded heart somewhere on your like lower, not like like tramp stamp but like oh, I like, would think you'd have yeah. like a oh, yeah. or little like, like star somewhere. Yes. Like, no, none of nothing of the sort. But now I have some like really like pretty private script under my boob. Nice. Yeah. I'm happy for you. Thank you so much. Um, and it really hurt. I was going to say that when we were in Encino, I wish that I was like, OK, we have to get Persian food because like I want to honor your culture. But also because mm-hmm. like I love Persian food. I already know that. Then I was like looking at it. And I'm like, there's a Benihana this close. And Sino's like pretty close. I thought it was like an hour away or something. No, it's so close. Who knew? So do you want to go to Benihana? Yeah, I think okay. especially after seeing this movie. Definitely. Um, but what this made me really want was Chin Chin because they mentioned that they at the beginning do. of this. So OJ Simpson trial truthers like I want you truthers I want you to know that this for me kept bringing up major like Chris Faye Resnick oh my god same same Mm -hmm. same the outfits the whole the way they like the like all the spots like absolutely I think there's another one besides chin chin let me look at my notes oh yeah look chin chin the jazzercise the psychic nutritionist of it all. Mm-hmm. Very Chris Jenner vibes. 100%. And this is like, like she would have been friends with Charlene and like all the girls. Absolutely. Absolutely. So like we because this movie is about six women or so, we're going to have to do a little description at the top to break it down for you which character is which and I can tell you the actress as well. Um but I think for just sort of being quick and pacing or whatever. Um We'll just sort of give you descriptions and then the actress's name. And then I guess it's on you motherfuckers to <laughs> follow the rest <laughs> of this time. I'll do the best I can to uh, keep you in the loop. So our main person in this group is Susan Henshaw. And that's played by Julia Duffy, who everyone should know from Designing Women. Some of her other big hits. I guess she was on New Heart. Um I'm wondering what younger people might know her from. Shameless. She was um, Candace Lishman on Famous. Um, So she's been around. Oh, she was on Passions, quite notably. She was around forever. She still is around. We love her. Anyone from like the Sugar Baker family has like a major just stamp of approval for me. Then we have. um, So Julia Duffy's character is basically like. She is the sweet 
doe-eyed housewife that basically doesn't belong with the rest of these bitches. Like, she's wearing jeans and oversized sweaters and is, like, very, you know, very pretty, put together, does all the stuff that the rest of these women do, except she's not particularly obnoxious, probably because she came from a small town in Arizona. Right. Just like you and Morgan Fairchild. Right. Then we have, I guess, Jan. We should go right into Jan because she's going to die quickly. Can we talk about Jan's card outfit? Yeah, it's iconic. I die. Yeah, so she has like, I mean. Like I want a replica for like a stage performance. I mean, it's everything. It's everything of the sort. I think that you should do that. Actually, that would be a deep cut and nacho experts. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Eden's going to give you 10% off your ticket if you come out for her next Okay. 100%. Yep. I'm 10%, just, 100%. There we go. Uh, enter Mother May I at your Ticketmaster checkout. Okay. So, guys, um, she is a um, Robin Matson who plays Jan, is apparently like a soap opera regular. And I think that they were smart when they did this because they were cashing in on a lot of people that were known for sort of like soapy shows and created almost a comedy dynamic that normally wouldn't happen. Jan is like the most hated bitch in town. She wears power suits. She has on a fabulous outfit. We This I actually will go through and screenshot a lot of the notable outfits because, guys, Fishnet Flicks. I want Blair, um, my friend who does that show. Um, oh, my God. Why is her partner's name escaping my mind? But she they do a show all about basically movie fashion. Mm. And it's wonderful. And I think Blair would, like, die for this. Maybe we should do a crossover. Can it's- we, like, look on IMDb, like, who the costumer was on this? Because I wonder if they went on to do, like, more iconic things. Uh, we'll look into that for right. sure. Because okay. the clothes were everything. Like, everything. So the things to know about Jan, when we reference her, is that she is a woman about town um, in more ways than one. And we'll learn about that later. She is, like, the head bitch. She is punishing she's impossible she's rough she's mean she doesn't care if your feelings are hurt jan cares about jan 100 okay then we have i i want to go to julia next so julia is played by joan van ark she is sort of the comedic sidekick of the group she was on knots landing again from a big um, young and the restless she's done mostly like soaps and then just like one-off parts a lot of these women have done like one-off parts where you would know them throughout their career as character actresses julia's basically she's married to a um, big exterminator guy they moved from silver lake over to encino when they kind of had their financial glow up she's the mother of kevin and then i guess there's like i don't know a 15 year age gap yeah, to older kids <laughs> i like also how weird was it like i remember being like the baby on the leash when like my friends in like third grade would have a pregnant mom we would like all knew what sex was at that point so it was kind of like ew like mm-hmm. caroline's mom had sex like it's like very <laughs> weird at a certain point to have an age gap um julia's really fun she is kind of a little bit of like a madonna inspo i would say with like the the bows and the hair and yeah she's like a little she's just she's a little extra she has like a red angled bob which is we stand okay Mm -hmm. also her baby had a gucci baby seat i would just like to point that out because i wonder what it would sell for today and like who would buy it cardi b well, I wonder if that was actually left over from 
if she took that from the yard sale because I know Jan tried to sell a Gucci baby seat at the yard sale and I'm kind of like go for it totally if that was you if you scam that from the yard sale good um but no they I mean they all seem bad with money yeah I feel like Susan's the only person that would like have a coupon but like she wouldn't do it intentionally but like if she had a coupon she wouldn't be afraid to use it right these the rest of these women never a day in their life no. would they take a hand like down. CVS receipts today they would throw it in the trash absolutely Susan would skim through and if she saw extra bucks she'd save that section and then probably throw the rest in the trash yes 100% by the way that was me up until not that long ago my cleaning lady like reprimanded me she was like you're throwing away money and I was like what do you mean and I was like honestly Martha like I don't go to CVS that much I was like Take my and when so, you do, they're expired, and you're like, okay, what's the fucking point? <laughs> so that's what I mean. Like, I was like, take my extra box. I was like, I will give you my mother's phone number because, mm-hmm. like, the McAleer family, we scam. Like, by scam, <laughs> I mean everyone uses the same CVS number. So, like, I always will call my mom and be like, I feel really bad. I got like ten dollars in extra bucks, and I feel like that did not come from me. And she's like, I don't. She always says, like, I don't even go to CVS anymore. I'm like, this is coming from somewhere. Um, My mom is secretly addicted to CVS. Yeah. Martha's been waiting to hit that 10. Yeah. So she told me she shamed me. But then we go into Paula Preston. Paula is the town's sex pot. She's stirring things up. This is by Eden's acting partner, Morgan Fairchild, who you know from... So many fucking... If I have to tell you who Morgan Fairchild is, get the fuck off. Like, yeah. I don't even... You guys are also going to be... Unsubscribe. If you don't know, goodbye. You're going to be disappointed in me. I feel like the people who are even... You you probably even my age or younger, I do not have a amazing soap opera literacy. Like, I would say it goes as deep as, like, people who have been on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So if you're a big soaps fan and at some point I'm, like, absolutely desecrating your queen with like my comments just please know that I don't really know what I'm talking about when it comes to soaps um okay so Paula's basically she's got her hand in everyone's shit right she's a gossip she's definitely probably the most traditionally beautiful out of all these women she has a way with men she's very gossipy lord knows where her money comes from she's always got something going on then we have Marty. Okay, so... Do we skip over, the, like, the woman who goes, like, hello, hello? No, <laughs> we'll get talk. to her. Okay. She she actually is kind of an afterthought. For, like, everything that she is, she's kind of an afterthought for me. Marty is... Um, she is, like, I guess, like, sort of that she's the one who works in the group. She's a real estate agent. She's the only black woman in the group. She, by the way, like I'm so concerned about like the fact that she has to get her hair done at Patsy's salon where I'm like, they don't know what they're doing. They do not know what they're doing at Patsy's salon. I wouldn't trust. No, she was getting, you know what? She was getting her nails done at Patsy's salon. Right. Maybe she was just brushing her own hair. That's a lot. She really wanted to hang out with them. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. But she knew not to let Patsy near her head. Here's hoping. Um, Um, She has done a lot of stuff. Marla Gibbs is the name of this actress. I'm looking through her thing right now to see if I know any of the stuff she was on. I mean, Also her her fashion, the power suits, it was everything. Incredible. By the way, I will say that Marla Gibbs is working more now, it seems, than ever. Like, she's working a lot recently. She's made recent appearances on The Neighborhood, NCIS, 
Blackish, uh, the Thundermans. What's the Thundermans? Um, but I would say some of her biggest roles are like the first family. She did uh, Passions, a lot of soap. This is all soap. I love that. The Hughleys, she Hughleys. She played um, Hattie Mae Hughley. So work, Marla. I feel like I've only seen the Hughleys like if I was on vacation. And oh my god, she played Florence Johnston on um, the Jeffersons. Oh, iconic show. Jesus. Um, and during Black History Month, I'm this unprepared for, like, probably the most iconic black actress we've ever had. There's not a lot of diversity on, on um, Lifetime, like, at all. I know. I noticed. But, I mean, this movie kind of tried, especially for back in the day. Like, I mean. They definitely did. They, they tried more than a lot of other movies. You know what I mean? Kind of, yes like there and were no. ki- there were kids at school. There were, like, you know. There was kids in school. I mean, this is well, I meant Sorry, I meant it wasn't all white kids in the class. There was there was diversity happening, like, when they were at that carnival and there were some kids walking around. It was good for a CBS movie But at the same the time, week. like, they didn't give any of those kids any lines, so. But at the same time, That's with Lifetime, up. they do it that way. So you're like, oh, and so the Asian best friend, like, it's, like, literally casting the way that, like, you yeah. would assume bad people would do casting where they're like, we need a minority. Right. I think that's probably what happened here. Right. I will say that I think that Marla Gibbs got probably one of the best roles. Absolutely. One of the best characters, probably my favorite, um, like purely. If I was like, I need a friend in this group. Because she's inspiring. She's independent. She's killing it on her own. I know. would hang out with Marty Hallard before I would hang out with anyone else on this list. Same, same. Then we go to Charlene Voss. Now, hello, hello. hello. <laughs> Her voice is unreal. She has a voice that it cannot belong to a human. Like she must be British or something. Like doing an American accent. I, I mean, she must be. So she was in Austin Powers. So I mean, that to me means she's British for sure. Um, there's a lot of like vocal callbacks to another time. Like hi, bye. Like they do, they do like this little like. <laughs> thing where I'm like oh my god you're like evil women like you're from like see that's the other thing this movie kind of made me afraid of women even more than usual like where I'm just like oh my god don't hurt me like (laughs) I can't handle this like don't play your games okay bitch like so she's done a lot of voice acting she's done uh fairly odd parents which is she played uh mama Cosma never seen that show I'm too old Phineas and Ferb she did as well so that makes sense that she has like a good voice for this she played a uh, Fran Metzger on Curb Your Enthusiasm oh who she did a nice little uh arc there but here's the thing about her voice and the audio of the whole thing did uh-huh. you feel like I couldn't tell if it was my tv or what was going on it was 100% dubbed okay. it was all dubbed it was like ever it's like it's like whoever was operating the boom like it was like it was it on or something and they made everyone say every line again in a studio and dump it in like it sounded it sounded like when you like get like a classic kung fu movie translated to English and it just like doesn't line up. Like I was like, what is going on? It was glaring. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because sometimes I'm afraid to like I'm I can be either sensitive to things or very insensitive. Like with my best friend Ed, his TV is like some sort of HD 
I hate will that. Watch and everybody like, looks all real and like the, I'm like the movie the, magic's gone. The Real Housewives are in our fucking living room. <laughs> like I'm so uncomfortable. Teresa and Jacqueline are like do like dueling it out right in front of me. It makes me so uncomfortable. So like, some, but also at certain times, like I'm that person that someone sets up the stereo system and they're like, "Oh my god, how amazing is this sound?" And I'm like, I could I would listen to this out of my computer and be happy. I don't fucking know. Um, so I'm glad you noticed that and said it because sometimes I don't know if it's like a me thing or if everyone knows but there's a lot of weird dubbing and I think that you guys the first time even, I noticed was the hello hello, hello. Like, that was the first time I think you guys will even be able to hear it at home there was a couple scenes where I was like if they can hear it they'll hear it mm-hmm. so the one character I'm just not going to give a first name because it's also another C name and um, it just we don't need it long term um, we're going to call her Mrs. Man. She is uh, played by Cindy Williams, Connie Mann. Cindy Williams has done a bunch of stuff. She's actually probably the most known for doing like comedic acting out of the group. She was um, Shirley Feeney on Laverne and Shirley. There you go. Normal Life was the show she did. She did a show called Getting By. Um, And then, you know, some little stuff here and there. She did part in American Graffiti, um, more American Graffiti. Oh, that's rad. So she's like, she's definitely, I mean, she's, I mean, I'm pretty sure she's fucking Shirley from Laverne and Shirley. Uh, yeah, she's fucking Shirley from Laverne and Shirley. Oh, wow. Now, this is what's so interesting is because this is why I'm extra convinced it's a backdoor pilot. Mrs. Mann is up to no good in this movie. We're not going to give away the ending, but Mrs. Mann is not to be trusted. And that is classic casting where they would be like, okay, we're going to like do a whole new version. This is going to be a TV movie that comes in the space and fucks things up. And everyone's like, oh my God, like all these good girls are playing bad girls and all these bad girls are playing good girls. Like, what is this? We're going to run it as a series. So they had... um. Sweet Shirley on to play sort of a bad girl. Yeah. Bad girls club. Sweet. So now that you know all the girls, I think it's time to get into the movie. Yeah. We obviously know the setting is Encino, California. Um it's a big jump from Silver Lake to Encino. My, I know, and I want to. I want to ask you. Do you remember that line? Of course I do, (laughs) honey. I'm incredibly well acquainted with this. So. My sample for you is like the beginning of this movie, right when they put up the titles, which, by the way, great titles for font is one of our categories Um, for the titles. Like they had this like sort of gun clicking going on over the like more classical music. And I was like, Eden, sample that. That kind of slaps. Ooh. Do you know what I'm saying? You know what? I could hear like some sort of drum loop being made out of that. It's kind of like a yeah. smash hit, I yeah. think. So yeah. that's like a little little snare and a kick right there. Your song Nacho Experts dropping soon. Do you know what we call our fans Nacho Experts? <laughs> no, I do now. Because um, <laughs> one of our... Like one of our first our first movie ever was Jody Arias, Dirty Little Secret. Okay. And there's a line in it that's a throwaway line by someone who's like an extra. And she goes, Katie, come here. We need your nacho expertise. And like it just <laughs> killed me for some reason. So that's how our 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 fans, Malls Nation. Um, oh, I think I've heard I think I was listening to an episode um and you were talking about like 
than like it's all up top nacho layers or like you were using another nacho analogy so this is like a thing yeah probably okay. Okay. yeah probably like recently i like don't even eat nachos like it's just <laughs> like it's you know it's all about katie We open up on this little suburban town. It's called Encino. We know what it is. We see the moms playing up to school for PTA. From the moment you see them, you realize this movie is going to be very high camp and it's going to be a treat. Now, what I love about this movie is I'm a big John Waters fan. And I realize that this is an incredibly generous like comparison. And I think anyone at home who's a big John Waters fan, I think you will like this movie. It is incredibly camp. Send this movie to the Met Gala. Everyone else is canceled. This movie was... <laughs> so camp it was so delicious i love it i was saying earlier like if you have like a first date with someone and it's going really well and you get drunk and you go back to your place to like watch a movie i think that this is a really good movie to put on to test their sense of humor and by the way it's on the movie club right now so if you're having a good date this week just go do it Mm -hmm. so you um, can tell a lot by a person by how they will react to menu for murder that's i'm gonna go on record and say that I think that's true. Yeah. Um, So one of the moms pulls up in a brown van. We know it's Julia. It has a large bug on top of it. Her husband's an exterminator, and the family car is with him today. He has the Mercedes. So Julia, she's driving the brown van, even though she's a little bit embarrassed by it. Um, Let's set up the dynamic of these women in the PTA. Let's play 247 to 528. The PTA executive board meeting will come to order to discuss the swimming pool project. And it will come to order now. Now. Oh, for goodness sake, Jan, you did throw it open for discussion. Discussion, not a free-for-all. Now, am I the only one who takes this pool project seriously? We all take it seriously. Yeah, and during Charlene's term as president, all we did is buy new erasers for the fourth grade. Yeah, but they were great erasers, Charlene. You can hold your head up high, honey. Look, if you don't think you're up to this, I'll do it myself. Anybody who's not part of the solution is part of the problem. Excuse me, Madam President, how much of this would you like noted in the minutes? None of it. It's all irrelevant. I want my year in office to stand for something more than drinking fountains and blackboard erasers. Now, if no one objects, let's see how we're going to pay for it. Can I have a report on the garage sale? Patsy Weber, she said she might be tied up at her salon and asked me to give the report for her. I told you all it was a mistake to give her any responsibility. Oh, come on. What responsibility? You insisted. I want this noted in the minutes, Connie. So noted, Madam President. She gave me all the figures, Jan. I mean, Madam President. Madam Dictator would be more like it. (laughs) from the weekend of the 15th and 16th the garage sale brought in 312 dollars that's all that's what it says here all that stuff and only 300 dollars 312 dollars paula oh yikes sorry sorry i'm late salon was a madhouse you're late patsy isn't that what I just said? 
Oh, yikes. Sorry. Sorry I'm late. The salon was a madhouse. You're late, Patsy. We all just heard her. Connie. I just gave your report. Oh, thanks, Charlene. We didn't make too much on that one. Maybe it was our merchandise. Ridiculous. Oh, Jan, the sterling silver barbecue tongs and Gucci baby seat you donated? You can pick them up at your next appointment. Right, Jan. Couldn't be the merchandise. <laughs> Gucci, Gucci, Gucci. <laughs> Gucci, Gucci. Gucci, Gucci. All right. Um, so Mrs. Mann is very literal in keeping her notes, which I have to say both excites me and terrifies me about a person, you know, like when they're like, I'm here to take the notes and they're writing down like passing small conversations. She was like a stenographer in a courtroom, which I've always wanted that skill as well <laughs> as like the ability to do shorthand. Like, do you remember like shorthand? I mean, I, I've, I've heard of shorthand. I don't know what it looks like or how to write it. But. Should we like look it up? That'd be great. OK, maybe not now because we have a lot of movie to get through. Maybe we'll look up shorthand for the second half of the movie. <laughs> Guys, get ready. Also, um, make sure funny to how tune they're in. Like, shitting all over Gucci. She's like, you can pick your Gucci baby suit up because like it didn't sell. at this, And now it's like. That thing would probably go for a lot on the real real. Yeah. No, it's true. And by the way, I thought three hundred and like twelve bucks was pretty good for a yard sale, especially in like nineteen ninety. Not an Encino, honey. It's a yard sale. It's like your crap on the lawn. Even if it's Gucci, <laughs> like they had consignment stores back then. Like I know that that was before eBay. There was always a consignment store. Totally. But this is for the PTA. Mm-hmm. Um, but like also like who sells Gucci at a yard sale? These ladies, I guess. Um, So the dynamic there is pretty clear. I forgot to um, introduce Patsy at the beginning, who's played by the secretary for Mrs. Bueller, a.k.a. Edie McClurg. She um, is our comic relief throughout, although I will say all of these women are hysterical. Everyone comes to this meeting with their own attitude. I love that our girl, Susan is like needle pointing throughout it. Julia has her like two-year-old baby with her, with her age gap situation with her two kids. On his leash. Um, He's on a leash. That's right. (laughs) So after this, we see two male school officials talk about how the money for the pool just isn't there. You guys keep your eyes on the pool. This whole fucking movie is about a pool. Um, The teacher's upset. Um, This is like an affluent community and there's been no raises for teachers in five years. He hates the PTA. Those women spend more money on lunch than he makes in a year. Now, does he give you Stanley Tucci vibes? He does, actually. Well, I would say most men of this era who are like character actors give me Stanley Tucci vibes. Like, I feel like these men walk so Stanley Tucci could fly. You know what I mean? Totally. Um, Who was he? he? Should we honor him? What's his name? Okay, let's look into it. So, I mean, he did so much for the Stanley Tucci's of the world. Let me see. So I would say that that was probably Principal Gene Naylor is Earl Bowen. And he, or Bone, he was in The Terminator. Um I'm looking for some of it. He was on Kim Possible, uh, Senor, Senior, Senior. Never seen the show, but I'm assuming that that was like a big character. Clifford the Big Red Dog. Oh, um, yeah, he's very outside of his creepy interest in Halloween, which will come up later, like really set me off. Um, He (laughs) was pretty great in this movie. And then the teacher, 
I think it must have been Harry Alberts, a.k.a. Dave Grohl is his name, not to be confused with Dave Grohl. Um, He was on Law & Order. He played Judge Joel Thayer, um, Black Scorpion. He had a big role in that, a show called VIP, The X-Files. He was on Baywatch. He played uh, Frank Larkin on Baywatch. Murder, She Wrote, my favorite show, Dr. Stan Garfield, not Dr. John, the love of my life. Do you remember um, Dr. John in town in Cabot Cove? He was like her friend that probably had a crush on her. And like they would all like be laughing around at the end of every episode. Like she'd come back to Cabot Cove and they'd be like in a diner and it would like freeze frame on her laughing with him. Okay. That would be like the end of every show. He's like basically a safe harbor. Um, So um, they cut back to the meeting where the women are reporting on all the other ways they've made money recently. They made $270 at the bake sale. There's going to be a big PTA luncheon next week. Susan's going to be in charge of making the crab sandwiches, and each woman has a dish that they're making. Marty speaks to the room. She's a real estate agent, and she's helping secure the land for the pool project. Paula runs the treasury, and she's not very good at math, uh, we learn right away. She clearly has trouble with very simple math. This would be like if I was put in charge of the treasury, where it'd be like, there's money there. Like, (laughs) I don't know. Like, it's not... It's not personal. I'm just not doing math. You know what I mean? Right. Um, After the meeting, the women walk to their cars. Jan hangs back a little bit to talk to the principal because she's like a big ass sucker, except for when she's not. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. she's that person that's just like perfectly up the right people's asses. Mm -hmm. I hate a bitch like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Calculated. They're all very vocal about hating Jan. It's actually kind of remarkable. I wish more people kept it 100 like that, where they were just like, we don't fucking like you. And she's like, I know you don't. Like, I wish that there was more of that in this world. Um, So... This fact that Julia Duffy's character is going to move, it's going to move the needle for you. When Susan doesn't like someone, that means they're bad. Um, Julia, the character, tells Susan that she's so embarrassed about her van that she's driving. And Susan's like, it's kind of fun. She's that person that's going to, which is true, it is fun. Yeah. Like, it's fucking fun. Like, I would absolutely drive around a van with a roach on it and be, like, proud to be doing it. She's still Susie from the desert. Like... 100%. And it's very Silver Lake of Julia to yeah. be riding around with a roach on her car, like, trend-setting like that. Totally. Um, even though that was and that not... roach, like, we'll get there at some point, but that roach has a moment Saves the day. Yeah. I know, the roach might be the star. I feel like that there could be something in that. Maybe we should make merch for the show. Should our first merch should be, like, <laughs> An based enamel on pin this... roach? Based on this roach, after everything we've gone through together, Susan's really like, that's kind of fun. Julia tells her she's so nice. She's the only one that makes her feel like she really fits in. Jan walks to her car at the same time Susan is pulling out in her Jeep. She ha- like comes so close to hitting her, but the way that Jan sort of stands there as Susan is about to hit her is like a <laughs> dare. Like it's like, hit me, bitch. Yeah. And like, it's almost like she wanted to die. Yeah, or she wanted to like, I can't tell what it is. I think that she wanted to, she's that bitch that would stir up some shit because everyone else, like their natural reaction is to move away from an oncoming car. Right. And she just sort of calmly stands there. It's very like Patrick Bateman. Like the stakes don't matter to her. Right. There's no stakes. That's a great comparison. The more we learn about Jan, the more we will learn there are no stakes in her universe. Like anything goes. Um, So... She basically almost hits her and then everyone like comes running to her. It's like when the pretty girl would get like a bee sting and everyone would lose their mind and they'd be like, oh my God, are you okay? And yeah, 
It's like she didn't do anything. She's just like the pretty popular girl. And she had the same thing that all of us have had like had to deal with done to her um but everyone's like dying over her and then susan's like i'm so sorry my heel got stuck under the gas and julia our girl comes over and she's like it's okay susan you must be like horrified um so we go to talk about like how does a heel get stuck under the gas i think that was like a thing back in the day like because if you drive with heels on i drive with heels on oh i always get so afraid because is like, it because there was like holes in the pedals like those like kind of like like industrial looking type of gas pedals with the if like it got stuck in the hole or like it got caught under and forced her foot like i don't get it i don't get because it, it would force your foot up if anything it was a jeep guys google jeep gas pedals i don't know i think that it was just like (laughs) i think it was like just one of those things where it's like if you have a long heel and it goes underneath the gas pedal like at some point the two things are going to get like connected and sort of it's going to be you can't break as quickly as you'd want to if you're left you have a moment where you didn't believe susan and you were thinking that's outrageous you did this on purpose i bought susan right away i totally bought in on her because like she is the one that just if any other if any of these other bitches tried that i'd be like doubt it i was suspicious you were also because i feel like they're all rocking kitten heels like i'm not seeing some like louboutin stiletto making a debut in this film so it was very confusing for me i don't think it's like her heel pierced the pedal i think it's more like sometimes it's just hard and this is why i don't drive with heels like if i ever am like driving with like if i need to wear heels i bring my heels separately and like i'll wear a flat to drive it's because like sometimes it's just hard to move from like gas to brake i see maybe it was like an ankle impingement like it was like ah yeah the heel made it more less flexy right um so Let's set up Susan's home life. I love this scene so much. This is when I knew this movie was going to be a fucking smash hit. I like literally, Sammy, strap in. It's gonna, You're going to lose your mind. It has the best button to a scene I've ever seen. Because they didn't have to do this. They didn't have to make this a comedy and have comedy beats. They did not need to. I feel like I know exactly which part you're about to highlight. And I'm so excited. And the whole thing is actually really like just like campy like 80s 90s these are family dynamics but her home life is hell her husband's a man child um and it while we listen to this scene i just want to imagine like for for i want you guys to imagine that she is surrounded by probably a thousand dollars worth of groceries um let's play 939 to 1117 have you seen my lucky cufflinks they're in the dress shirt you wore monday probably in the corner of the closet where you tossed it Making yourself crazy with all of this. Homemade croissants, three mustards. You probably made your own mayonnaise. At 5 a.m. Oh, I wish I had never made these sandwiches. Now, every time there's a fundraiser, it's what they expect. It's only a PTA lunch. Tell that to Jan Mayfield. Would you hand me that knife? Oh, oh. Damn it! Uh, is that my lunch? Charles, it's only mustard. It's not the end of the world. Yeah, but can you get it out? 
I made a deal with the dry cleaners. I don't take out mustard stains, and he doesn't make sandwiches for the PTA. What's this green stuff? It's watercress. You'll like it. I like the name. Look at this now. What am I going to do now? I don't know, Charles. Change shirts or wear a yellow tie. Chad. Chad? Feed Travis, will you? He hasn't had breakfast yet. Um, I don't think I'm going to school today. Oh, you're not feeling well? History or geometry? Geometry. I told you to study. How do you read these kids so well? I spend time with them. I better change this shirt. Honey. Oh, oh, ouch. Oh, Travis, give me that. <laughs> This is what I, I live for Travis. Travis is so cute. He's a golden retriever. This whole thing should be like just added. She's making sandwiches on croissants. This whole thing's a Tide Pen commercial. It is a Tide Pen commercial. <laughs> That's exactly what a Tide Pen commercial opening looks like. You're so right. Um, okay, so this ends on a golden retriever named Travis who... For some reason, even though she's making croissant sandwiches, has like a fucking Wonder Bread sandwich <laughs> in his mouth. And he's just standing there. You can see his little golden retriever smile. He has it's like so ready for Reddit. Like it's just like the most perfect animal picture ever. And I love that they they thought to do that. I mean, I, I know we've always loved animals, but this feels like very current. Yeah. And that's the kind of detail they really put into this film and why it's such a classic. And they didn't have to do that. No, they didn't. Um, So let's just say this husband is a literal child. Yeah. Um, The daughter has the worst fried ends I've ever seen in my life. I thought that was Lori Loughlin at first. Oh, did you? Like as a little kid. But then I did the math in my head and I'm like, that doesn't make sense. No, that's different. She's different. I wonder who she was young Chrissy her ends are so fried yeah like I almost wanted to put out Krista Murphy was the name of this actress she sounds familiar she was on the Wonder Years and she played Carla Healy on the Wonder Years that's mm-hmm. how I fucking know her face um for sure and uh yeah a couple roles step by step she was definitely one of those people that like mm, step by step when Ugh. she was old enough TGIF. to tell her yeah Live. she's yeah she did um shaky ground the nightstand she did a bunch of like little things but you can tell that once she was old enough to not want to do this anymore or she wasn't cute enough to keep getting mocked like she was out of hollywood like 1996 she was done she's in arizona now yep um I felt so bad for Julia Duffy, like just making mayonnaise at home at five o'clock in the morning with your son bitching at you and your husband. And by the way, could you have ever gone to your mom and been like, I don't want to go to school today? And she'd be like, "Okay, Yeah, no. I had like I'm like my perfect attendance ass, like not because I like I loved school, but and I wasn't a great student, but like I loved being at school which like made no sense because I wasn't like exactly the most popular person either. I think I just like liked going. Um, that makes all kinds of sense. Shauna would have never fucking let that. Never. Like I think yeah. when I got my first period, there was like one, like the second time I ever got my period, I called my mom from the office being like, I have really bad cramps. And she came and picked me up with like 
a cup of mint tea and a cookie and she like drove me home and I remember her saying like this is like the only time yeah like learn how to have your period bitch because you cannot (laughs) be coming home like she was very like rough with that shit like to the point of maybe even sending me to school a little too sick yeah no I was just gonna say I went to school sick I mean there was no there was it was not an option and definitely not because I didn't study she's like history or geometry she's like geometry and she's like i told you to study and then she goes back to bed my mom would have been like no your ass is gonna go fail and then you're gonna watching her all day yeah you're gonna grovel to your teacher once you get your f and you're gonna be like can i take your retest like no hell no she needed to be a little bit more strict but i always viewed california as being lax like that no i mean i grew up here i mean stephanie would not have it shout out to my mom she'd be like Get the fuck up and go to school. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what she would say to me. I love so. that we had a Stephanie and a Shauna. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. my mom's name. Like, I feel like we had moms that just S names held us accountable. Totally. Um, not like a Susan, you know? No. Um, so at the PTA luncheon, dozens of moms stand around on this lawn. Having oh, wait. Are we going to glaze over the cufflinks of it all and the mustard of it all? Well, we don't have to. Okay, because that was the craziest part to me. Was that, yeah, so the husband, like, this is going to be common with Charles. That's his name. He's, like, cannot, I mean, if Charles. First of all, like, lucky cufflinks. Like, that Mm -hmm. just speaks to the, like, the wealth we're dealing with here. Like, he's like, have you seen my lucky cufflinks? (laughs) But, like, for someone who's so successful, like, literally cannot. I mean, the way he came down and, like, saw that buffet, he was like, oh, wow, like, look at all this stuff. And I'm like, do you understand what that came from? Like, your wife has been up since 5 in the morning, like, fucking blending oil and eggs to make mayonnaise. Totally. That's how you make mayonnaise, Charles. Did you know that? Like, he seems like one of those people that's just... Everything goes over his head. He doesn't understand why his wife's being a quote unquote bitch on Thanksgiving. And it's because like, dude, you can't be trusted. No, I wouldn't trust him to do a beer run. Like, in fact, I'm afraid Charles can't wipe his own ass. Like he can't do anything (laughs) for himself. Like I'm concerned. He like doesn't know where his shit is throughout this. It's like a chronic theme in this movie that he cannot do basic things for himself. He's just a big baby. Like he barely dips his sleeve in a little bit of mustard and he's like, It's like it's the end of the world. It's like his arm got cut off. Like, it's insane. And it's like you got to see with her son that that was a preview, like, with the adult male in her life and the young male in her life. Like, she hasn't set her son up for success either. Chad is also a little dipshit. She doesn't have the time, I don't think. So he's going to be some other Susan's problem in 15 years or whatever, which is... Travis is the golden child. Oh, yeah, Travis says, you know, our little golden retriever, which, by the way, Chad never fed him that little shit. Is that why he had the sandwich? Did Chad feed him his sandwich? (gasps) That's the fucking bit. Oh, I didn't get that. Travis, Chad, (laughs) oh, Chad, you little douche. Um, Unbelievable. At least he did that. Well, I can't believe it took me that long to put that together. (laughs) This is only my, like, fourth time watching this movie. I can't believe I haven't put all that thought into it. Fuck. Um, so all these women are sitting or standing around on this lawn having absolutely fucking the most cunty conversations. By the way, I'm going to probably let that word fly. So Eden fans, maybe check out now if you're like underage, like earmuffs. You know what I mean? Oh, I say cunt all the time. Okay, cunt, good. Cunt, cunt, Yeah, it's kind of my favorite word. Okay, good. Yeah. I, I mean, also like I will tell you throughout this movie, I will probably speak like I hate women. <laughs> 
when in reality I I am like I love other women like I love girls I love girlfriends but like I am so afraid of this breed of woman no but like sometimes cunty is a compliment like I feel Morgan Child in this film is extra cunty and I'm so here for it like cunty in the best way possible oh yeah like when a gay guy's like oh that's cunty as fuck yes. like you're like yes, yes it is thank you yeah totally yeah they're they're owning it and so you know no I mean this in the pejorative like you're <laughs> such a fucking bitch oh, okay. like sort of sense <laughs> <laughs> these women are such bitches um so I'm I have to say at this point it's starting to hit me that like these moms that are in the PTA are also single handedly like funding the PTA. I also just realized that Jan is Erica Jane. Oh, like as a person. Like, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I guess so. I always like Erica Jane, though. I mean, I like her, too, but she's a total cunty like queen. Yeah, she's the best. I would be shocked, though, if they tried to kill her off. Like she would stand in front of the car and be like waiting for it to like not hit her and be like, hello? <laughs> you know I, mean? I give Erica Jane a lot of credit. Like, I have to say, I'm, I maybe give her too much. Sometimes I don't hold a close enough microscope up to her. I really don't. Um, so, anyway, like, I'm thinking, like, Susan paid for, like, what seemed like $1,000 worth of crab sandwiches. Easily. And then she brings this to this thing where people are paying 25 a head. Which is good. I mean, there seems to be like 50 to 75 women there. But it's also like not enough that I could justify spending. They're running the school. The PTA is putting so much money into this school. So a woman there congratulates Jan on working so hard for the pool. And Jan says that the school really needs it. The Japanese are so far ahead of us Americans that we have nothing left but athletics. So 90s, 80s, so randomly racist, but also true. Like that was their, but like that was their like perception of how to deal with something back then. Like that was like a just like, yeah, like how else are we going to beat the Japanese in this worldwide race? Like, right. Crazy. Um, so Paula and the other moms are handing out Susan's famous crab sandwiches. Patty says that she's offering up services at her salon, and a percentage of the sales are going to go to the PTA. Jan overhears this and says, oh, good, now we'll have change for a dollar. This is who Jan is. She's a bitch. Uh, Patty assures Marty that her skin isn't as thin as Jan thinks it is. Marty asks her, like, what do you think Jan's beef is with you? And she goes, well, it could be that I have to work for a living, or it could be because I'm happy. I'm not sure what she hates more. Mm. Um, by the way, Marty and Patty are the, Patsy, sorry, are the only two women in this movie who work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like, maybe Patsy has to work, but like. Yeah, we don't, we don't ever find out Patsy's backstory like we do with Marty. I feel like if you work at a salon, like I feel like a lot of wealth. She owns it, right? Yeah. I feel like a lot of wealthier women who own salons, like it's because they have a passion for it. Totally. Like they love it. Totally. Um. And it is like an art form. It's like any it's like no different than funding any other artistic dream of yours at a certain point. Um, so Jan asks Susan to bring her a plate of food, which is her way of telling her to fuck off while she like talks to some other moms. We find out that Mrs. Mann, uh, the woman who keeps the minutes for the group, her husband is running for city council. According to her, he's a law and order candidate. He supports the school project. The teacher is there. He's the one who gets underpaid and is grouchy throughout this whole thing. He chimes in that he thinks the money could go to salary so we've already established his motive he doesn't want the pool because of the salary 
Jan starts to chomp down on her sandwich uh, before another mom can try and clear her plate. And as soon as she takes a big bite, she like starts talking with her mouth full. And I'm like, oh, that's a weird look um, for someone who's so pulled together. Um, she drops dead. Yeah. Like, like instantly. Instantly. Um, so we come back from a commercial break because this is like a true made for TV movie where they like it's like lights down and then there's like a little <laughs> break and it comes back up, which I always love because I'm like it's like a play. It was also written to that. You yeah. know what? I, I love it when something's written to a commercial break. Mm-hmm. So we come back up from that and uh, we're at Jan's funeral. OK, she died, um, which I she died in like five seconds. Like I, li- she took a bite and li- two seconds later, she's dead. I did not know that this movie was going to be that. Like, I didn't think it was going to be like, and then there were five. Like, I didn't think it was going to have that. I thought we were going to watch like 15, 20 minutes of a movie. And then maybe someone would like eat the sandwich and get very sick and then eventually pass away in the hospital. Right. I did not know we were going to get that like instant. Instant. It's that camp. It's the camp of it all. So at the funeral, everyone there has one thing in common, which is that they hated Jan. Talking shit on her still. Mrs. Mann and her husband, um, the candidate, are having a hard time wrangling their son at the funeral. So when we play this clip, just keep in mind that that's what that distraction is. 1521 to 1658. Some turnout. There's Patsy. Imagine her turning out to say goodbye to Jim. Imagine any of us turning out for this. Oh. Wait. Wait. What did we talk about this morning? What did we discuss? You told me not to embarrass you today. That's right. I don't think that's too much to ask for one day. I feel so guilty. You? Why you? Because I was the one passing those sandwiches around. Well, you weren't the only one. Assuming it was the sandwich, couldn't it have been a simple case of food poisoning? Well, well, I gave a campaign speech to a group of doctors the other day. They were only general practitioners, but they know what they're talking about. They say that you don't usually die instantly from food poisoning, that it's a long, lingering, painful death. Thank you, Vincent Price. Stop it, you. Stop it. You're driving me crazy. Steve, do something. You are embarrassing your mother, but more important, you are embarrassing me. Come on. Tony, Kyle, honey, I just wanted to tell you how sorry I am about Jan. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate the sentiment, but we both know you never liked her. That is not true. Now, I liked her once before she stole you away from me. So a lot going on here right away. We know that Paula was uh, used to be married to Jan's now husband. And also, this is where you kind of get some information about who Paula probably is as a person. Right. Because she does not seem to have a relationship with her son. Right. At all. Um, which you're like, hmm, what does that mean? Wait, um, that was her son? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And... I thought that was Jan's son and husband. I don't think so. No, I think you're wrong, Malls. I think that's not her kid. Well, who was Jan's first husband? Wait. Sorry, I'm so confused. That was Jan's late husband and her motherless son. No. That was Jan's kid, the blonde kid. Mm. That's why, yeah, that's why she was like, 
touching his hair kind of like awkwardly. If it's your own kid, you think you touch him like that? I think they're disconnected because Paula's a little bit in the, you know what I mean? She's oh. doing a little sniffy sniff, a little drinky drink. So that little blonde boy is Paula's kid. I mean, it's Morgan Fairchild. The blonde hair gives it away to me. Okay, that's so weird. We saw this totally different. I thought that was Jan's kid. At the end of the day, does it really matter outside of the fact that these people are fucking broken? Like, Well, all I guess people- for me, I didn't know that. I didn't know that Paula had a kid. Yeah, I guess. I'm I well, I mean, why else would she be on the PT Wow, wait a minute. Yeah. Why are these bitches on the PTA? <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> Whose kid is that? Yeah, where are all their kids? Uh, if not, there's just one of these Only women are extremely odd and just on the PTA. Yeah. They just want to be Oh my gosh, it's like a social club. They just want to be friends. Yeah. They don't even have kids that go to school In this day and age, if someone tried to join the PTA, male or female, I'd be like, you're a pedophile. Like, literally electric chair for sure. Um, Okay, so the other thing is, did you notice the man's son was the only one who's dressed in, like, an Easter suit at a funeral? Yeah. He's wearing, like, a beige (laughs) suit, completely misbehaved. I will say Mr. Man throwing, like, general practitioners under the bus is, like, a lesser doctor is, like, very (laughs) of the times as well. Yeah. Like, where it's, like, oh, he's only a GP. Like, he only did eight years of medical school. But um, loved that. Um, After the funeral, I I will say that, like, this, like, hunky guy, like, comes up on the side of the funeral. And everyone's, like, who's that? And they all get distracted. I believe they call him a sex god. Yeah, that's what Chrissy says. She's like 14. This was like a time and place where like when teenage girls would like talk like that about guys in front of their moms on TV, I'd be like, is that how I'm supposed to talk like in front of my mom? Yeah. Um, But no, that was always just like a TV thing, right? I think so. Um, So they're like, is that one of Jan's lovers? Was that who she was seeing um, when she went to the Santa Fe Opera? So Jan, right away, we're like, okay, Jan is a cheater. Um, We also, like, no one wants to talk about Jan at the funeral. We completely skip over that and go to a moment of silence. After the funeral, they all start to disperse. And then the hunky guy that was just standing off to the side, he's a cop. And he wants to talk to Susan and needs her to come down to the station. Mm -hmm. And she goes, oh, my God, it was the sandwiches. Um, (laughs) Which is, like, just shows, like, I don't know. It seems so campy to me. It's, like, so earnest and, like, just so also, like, yeah, what did you fucking think it was? Like, of course it was. So down at the station, he tells you the toxicology report says that the sandwich was laced with some sort uh, sort of tranquilizer called digitalis that could kill a large rhino yeah i wanted to look that up digitalis seems like a venereal disease to me <laughs> like doesn't that sound like not medi- like it sounds like a computer virus like i was like what i was you very digitalis con- bitch. yeah very confused um her husband's in the hallway having like an absolute meltdown this is the last time you'll see charles give a shit about what goes on in susan's life can i just he- point something out about the cop yeah. He claims he's from three different places throughout this film. Mm-hmm. Um, when he first approaches Susan after, you know, right here at the funeral, um, he mentions that he's from the North Hollywood division. And I'm like, why is a cop from North Hollywood taking on a murder case in Encino? Mm-hmm. Then later, he says he's from South Central. Yeah. And then later, he says the thing about Silver Lake. Um, It's a big jump from Silver Lake to Encino. Yeah, he says he... So another point later on, he says, like, I live in North Hollywood. And then he says, like, I was down at the station in South Central. Like, he literally... He puts himself all over the map. Right. Which... 
Okay. For okay. everyone out there, like North Hollywood and Encino aren't close. I mean, they're pretty close together, but they're definitely their own districts. But then South Central, like I, I other side of the city. Why would why would he be over there? I'm a little confused. So. I think that he was like that was his local um, police station that he worked at. At one time? Yeah. Like, okay. I think that that was, like, his first place, and then he transferred over to Got it. North Hollywood slash Encino. Got it. Um, but my point being, he feels like a big fish out of water in Encino. He makes that very clear, how, like, all of the wealth and the culture, like, he, it's totally foreign to him. He's Joe Caruso, okay? He's from yeah. South Central. <laughs> like, he doesn't fucking know his way around all these bitches. So, um, basically, like, he asked her, did you off Jan Mayfield? And she's like, no, of course not. And he was like, well, who would want to? And she goes, only everyone that knew her. So, you know, despite giving all of this sort of right away, you would think she's guilty, She's, he's like, well, how'd you know, Jan? And she goes, we met after I moved to Encino. We met at a mocha event. And he's like, you get, you have galas for ice cream? And she explains that it's the Museum of Contemporary Art. So they're really painting him to be like this like Joe I, I Blow ha- sort of. I have of. to jump in here. I have a personal connection to this. Mm-hmm. So you know my dog, Mocha. Mm-hmm. Did you know that her name is MOCA, like the Museum of Contemporary Art? Now I do. Everyone online will always be like, happy birthday to Mocha. And they spell it like the ice cream. Mm -hmm. And I always have to explain to people, no, it's Mocha, like the Museum of Contemporary Art. So like once that moment happened, I was all the way in on this movie. I was like, oh, wow, this is for me. It's truly LA. Yeah. Like they do a good job of like, not just if you live here and like landmarks you may know, but like also if you know anything about LA at this time in like the world, this is very LA. Um, So he's like, like, tell me, like, how'd you know, Jan? What would you guys talk about? And she's like, you know, we'd see each other at lunch at Chin Chin, Jazzercise, Mommy and Me, Play Robics. Psychic nutritionist. Psychic nutritionist. And Joe basically has no idea what's going on. Um, And so she's like, you know, I didn't even like Jan. Is that terrible of me? I mean, she's dead and all. And how can you not like a dead person? Which I loved that line because it's true. So true. Like as soon as someone dies, I'm like, you know what? I'm like, you know, (laughs) at the end of the day, like I don't care that that person fucked me over severely. Like they're dead. And what can I say to dead? Like you can't, right? Yeah, totally. But yeah, unfortunately, sometimes you're going to hate. Like I will even find like historical figures that I know are bad. I'll be like, "Mm, it's sad that they're dead. Like (laughs) I just have these moments. So you see it in like all of those um, Dateline episodes. Like, doesn't matter what the person did, they will paint the prettiest picture of their life. They'll be like, "Susan was a lovely girl." Well, it's like Susan's our movie, but whatever. She Katie had was amazing eyes and a yeah. smile that lit up every room. Totally, yeah. and like she'd never heard a fly. And it's like. <laughs> I'm sure not every person on Dateline was like perfect. They would never hurt a fly. Yeah. Like that's that's you have to know. Yeah. That is such a fucking lie. lie. That is so untrue. Find me a bitch who hasn't killed a fly. Yeah. Not especially over at Julia's house. They love killing flies. Totally. Um, So we're going to speed this up a little bit. She basically is just like, I didn't do it, Joe. Obviously, I've seen movies. Like, it's always the least likely suspect, and I'm the most likely suspect. Um, Susan and her husband are talking, and she's like, basically, I'm terrified because I was told not to leave town for a week. I want to go see Chad's away game. Her husband's like, I doubt that they're going to, like, put the National Guard out on you because you went to, like, Van Nuys for an away game. 
game. Um, he's very not worried for her considering the stakes. And I'm like, dude, your wife made a sandwich that killed a woman. Yeah. Like, tune in, Charles. Yeah. Um, so he's like, I have to go to a meeting about a shopping center. He really doesn't have time for her to talk about this or time about time for her for anything. So as he's leaving, the doorbell rings. It's Joe. And at this point, Chrissy answers the door, and she's really into Joe until she's not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she, you know, Susan's whole thing is like, oh, my God, are they going to have private bathrooms in prison? Spoiler alert. They will not have private bathrooms in prison. Um, the kids run outside um, because – Basically, Charles shoes them out of the house. Um, and one of his friends, one of Chad's friends says to him, what's going on, Chad? And he goes, I think my mom's being arrested. And the friend goes, excellent. <laughs> they like run off. I miss that time, you know, when things were just simple like that. Yeah. Joe tells Susan that she's no longer a suspect. It's just too obvious. Then Susan goes, um, she gets a little attitude and she goes, well, you embarrassed me in front of my friends and my husband and my family. You know, it's just a lot. Like now you're coming here and saying I'm not a suspect. And he's like, I'm sorry I embarrassed you, but that's my job. Charles is like, well, you know what? Apparently nothing's wrong. So I got to head out to work. Uh, Give me a call if you need anything. Right. So he leaves. And this is so Charles. So Susan asks him um, what she wants. Like, what Like what are you doing here? And he's like, listen, I live in North Hollywood. I drive a 10-year-old Chevy. I don't belong to a health club. I have a couple of dumbbells in front of the television. I drink tap water. Um, and he's like, I don't know. Do you know what's in tap water? I don't know anything about this world you're living in. I love this setup. He's like, I need a liaison. Like, I need someone who's going to tell me all about this rich mommy world. This is out of a fucking, like, fairy tale, this storyline. It's amazing. Tell me about this world. I need to know what polarity therapy is. So um, some of the PTA moms are at a pool and tennis club getting sun and talking about life post-Jan. Susan rolls up to the pool with Joe to talk to the girls. And you should know that every single one of these girls has a raging heart on for Joe. And that's like the biggest problem in this movie Mm -hmm. is like how no one can get past how hot Joe is. Um, 2628 to 2930. Do we really think we ought to be sitting here so soon after Jan's funeral? Oh, Jan would have wanted it this way. Makes you think, doesn't it? Here we are sitting at the same table every day, drinking the same drinks, using the same artificial sweeteners, ordering the same sandwiches, watching the same people. Charlene, is there a point you're trying to make? No. There Jan is. So, what? I mean, you're trying to say what? That we're in a rut? A very deep rut? Not as deep as Jan's. Well, I'm not in a rut. I have the Opera Association of my design business. Charlene, honey, your design business? Once a year, you redecorate your husband's office. Paula, you don't know... Oh, ladies... Oh, look what Susan brought home. I wonder if she wants to keep him. I don't know, but I would. Oh, stop. Susan's not the kind to cheat on her husband. Susan, what are you doing here today? Paula Preston, Connie Mann, Charlene Voss. This is Detective Russo from the LSPD. How you doing? I recognize you from the funeral. I think it's safe to say we all do. Well, I'm in charge of the Jan Mayfield case, and... uh... 
Susan's been nice enough to help me out this afternoon. Susan, why don't you uh, join us for a drink on me? No, thank you. I'm, I'm on duty. I don't drink. Iced tea, then. Excuse me. Yes, ma'am. Uh, could you bring the officer an iced tea and anybody else want anything, Connie? I'll have another mineral water. I don't drink either. Connie doesn't do anything. While I, on the other hand... Miss Preston, I understand you were once married to Jan's husband. My, my, we have been getting well acquainted, haven't we? I overheard you talking at the funeral. Oh. Well, yes, Tony and I were married. That was a long time ago. There were no hard feelings. It's amazing what a trip to La Costa can do, isn't it? La Costa? It's a spa near San Diego. They starve you on tofu and then make you exercise till you croak. Very chic. But I did lose some weight and started my life over again. She's feeling years younger. Hello, Mrs. Henshaw. Hi. Ladies. May I be of any assistance? Not right now, Kevin. Thank you. Uh, that's Kevin, Albert's Julia's oldest son. He works as a lifeguard after school. And Paula drowns on a regular basis. I heard that. Morgan Fairchild's fully wearing a leather turtleneck, which I've never <laughs> seen before. It's like a perfect leather red turtleneck. Who knew that that sentence needed to be said? And there's like a beautiful yellow sweater over it. Like these women are just doing the most with their outfits at all time. Yeah. This movie was also made at a time where you were like, yeah, I guess the actress would say like, you ought to not say that. Like they say like, you know, isn't it weird? Like we ought not be sitting here without thinking about Jan. Like I'm like, (laughs) yeah. Who talks like that? Well, that's why I think she's British. Charlene said that, right? I, I feel think like, it was. I feel yeah. like she ad-libbed that and she's super British. I did. I do want to say I'm sorry to Charlene for saying earlier that only two of them had jobs because apparently Charlene has a, a budding like interior design business. Right, right. So Paul is fucking Kevin, Julia's oldest son. Yeah, and I'm living for her fuck me eyes. She's so good in that scene. Morgan Fairchild's beyond in this movie, and I'm just like, why is she not even more iconic than yeah. she already is? She needs, yeah. What was Justice like, for Morgan. In the movie that you guys, what was your relationship? I had no relationship with her. I Like, our characters didn't intersect. Oh, really? No. Was it like a... We were all living on different, like, timelines and paths. Like, what was going on? <laughs> um, no, I just I, – I was, like, a pit stop. Like, I, own a, I owned a pawn shop. Um, <gasps> oh, I love that. Yeah. Oh, my and God. The the two leads, um, they're, they break down, and they have to, like, pawn a motorcycle to me for cash. And, yeah. So I never intersected with Morgan Fairchild. I love that casting for you. Yeah, it was I fun. could so see that. Yeah, and then like, I, like, I, like, haggle them, and then I – end up like romantically like hooking up with one of them or it's implied in the film but yeah I love that Mm -hmm. gotta watch yeah you're gonna miss me it's available at every Walmart or (laughs) I don't know where else you can find 
probably on demand. Yeah, I probably. feel like everything is on demand. Yeah. Like end of the day, look on on demand. Yeah. Um. So at Patty's salon, Marty and Patty are gossiping about someone's husband asking them for a divorce on their car phone. Um. The babysitter and him were driving off to Palm Springs. So Julia's having a hard time getting the dryer working. She's covered in dye. So like the whole bit with this salon is that the dryer is like always on the fritz, and like everyone's always trying to hear when they're under the dryer. Which like you have don't you ever had your hair like have you ever sat under one of those dryers? Yeah, I worked yeah. in a salon all through high school. Oh. But like I will still like if I go I haven't colored my hair in like two year almost a year and a half now. That's Just, your like, natural, it's so pretty. Yeah, I'm trying to grow it out like verge, you know? Beautiful. Um, but I will put like a gloss on mm-hmm. and then you have to sit under the heater for that mm-hmm. or like a conditioner. But I've done that, yeah, I mean for sure. Since I was a kid, because my grandmother used to go get her perm every week or like every two weeks. And then when I would go with her, they would like do a little like judge for me. Like It was always like curl maintenance. Um, but I've been sitting under them there. You don't even talk like anyone who's been to a salon. No, you just don't you even hear. bother. It's like, yeah, it's like but it's inside also- of a like. I don't know, a spaceship. It's also like not so comically like deafening that like it's so exaggerated in this movie both ways. Yeah. It's like either you've never sat under a hairdryer or you're also deaf in addition to your hard of hearing. Um, that would be me though, by the way, because I am a little hard of hearing from like just blowing my ears out in the studio. Mm-hmm. So all the time I'm like, what? What? So that would be me under the dryer for sure. Um, so... Patty says that Susan was at the club with the detective. Um, Susan's giving him the lay of the land, according to Paula. Marty asks who he suspects, and Patty guesses that it's Susan. I mean, it was her sandwich. Joe pulls up to Susan's house. He drove her, her and her kids home after school, and he says to Chad after he gets out of the car, Hey, Chad, play hard and play fair, and don't use steroids because they're against the law. <laughs> Um, he thanks Susan for helping him around town that day. And he says that he just got transferred out here from South Central. And this is a new world for him. No one ever got, uh, gets their colors done there or their body waxed. They were lucky to get their cars waxed. She says she's from small town, Arizona. So she also, had a like, hard time. Such too. an exaggeration. Like, please, there are salons in South Central LA and there were then like, <laughs> but also this? like aren't cars like a huge part of the culture 100% so he's like mm, we don't get car I'm like yeah. I'm sure that like actually most people would spend money on car wax before they would like body wax 100% like there. Um, so Susan has a new license plate it says PTA mom one <laughs> Um, she drives through town. She sees Chad playing ball with his friends, not on steroids, thank God. The women are at their health club on the bikes, um, talking shit per usual. That's what these women do all day. Yeah. Like, this is the whole, like, how you wind up with Faye Resnick writing a book about you yeah. of it all. If you're a Real Housewives fan, this movie's for you. It's actually, like, more grounded than Real Housewives in a lot of ways. So Patty goes... Who do you think it was? And Paula goes, if I'm a betting woman, I'd say me, but I didn't do it. And Charlene goes, but you were her best friend. And Paula says, I know, that's a sad commentary on her life, isn't it? Um, these women are fucking ruthless. You know, I wouldn't want to run in. They're thugs in a cocktail dress. Totally. Like, truly the Shoulder definition. Um, Susan walks up to them, and Patty wants to know what's going on with her and Columbo. She needs to deliver on the gossip at the salon. And Susan says, he's just asking me some questions. And Charlene goes, and I hope you had the good sense to say yes to all of them. 
Um, they're just like a bunch of like hoes too. Like that's the other thing. I'm like, dude, like why are you all so fucking horny? Like that- I mean, because Joe can get it. I mean, Joe's hot, but like, I don't understand this. Like, it's like literally this movie was what Desperate Housewives was based on. Oh, that is such a good comparison. Because I'm like, why are you so horny? Why are you so desperate? Like, I mean, if you were married to Charles and that was your life, you would be like, hey, Joe. Right. Or you would be like, I'm divorcing you, Charles. I think I would be like, I'm miserable. Like, I'm locked into a pattern. Like, if I were to, like, put my head above water for even a minute, the whole situation would become so serious for me. Like, I'd be like, well, what am I going to do? Like, leave with my kids? No, I have to make it work with Charles. And, like, I'm certainly not going to be, like, overtly horny in front of my friends. But that's never been me. Right. Like, I've never been the one that's like, Hey, guy. Like, I never – like, the sex – I always talk about it, the sex in the city brunch scenario is a nightmare for me. Like, these women just coming together and being like, yeah, so I sucked a fat cock last night. I'm like, ew, that's, like, disgusting. Like, Really? How am I supposed to eat a BLT, like, across from that? Like, absolutely So you're, not. like, totally a Charlotte. You are. No. I mean, you like, are. I'm, I'm not a Charlotte. I'm just also a very visual thinker. Will she be the one that would, like, get upset over that comment? I wouldn't get upset. I'm not, like, offended by the idea of someone getting, like, their dick sucked. I'm offended by, like, the visual it puts into my head. At brunch. Like, I'm a very visual thinker. Like, whenever someone's telling me, like, oh, my husband and I were, like, fucking last night. Like, I literally, like, I see them fucking. Like, that, like, is what. Okay, right, right. Because I paint, like, I need to paint a picture for it to make sense to me. Right. So, like, next thing I know, I'm, like, I feel like I'm in the bedroom with them. So you couldn't handle the art therapy classes in this movie? No. And, in fact, I was, like, (laughs) what is wrong with them? Like, I was, like, who, like, is so horny for a dick that they would, like, go. I can't imagine. Like, was that a thing? Yeah, that's like, I think a, totally a thing. Like, I think I've seen that. Well, one, I like went to a private school, like for a, um, one of the private schools I was considering had like live nude models that would come in, which like now that I look back on it, like that's insane. How old were you? It, it was a high school. Wow. So like, like what the, f- you're going to put a, f- 14 year old in a class like sketching some man's dick yeah and, like, that is I, weird i know that like it's art like coming from like a worldly standpoint my mom was like a fine arts major so i grew up around a, like i didn't realize that the statue in our backyard was like sort of a dick until i was older like my mom <laughs> won these like awards for like these these pieces she made in college and i never realized they were dicks until i was older and they were in my backyard my whole life wow. and i was like oh and fuck at one point she like joined a sketching class and she was like yeah there was like a nude model and I was like mom like but it was always presented to me as art so I never like thought of it that way I could never imagine going I could imagine going to the class but I couldn't imagine sexualizing it right who's the who's the character in this film that does that Julia oh yeah Julia you know Julia is just <laughs> Julia's out there you know she's like slapping the clay it's amazing we're gonna play that scene it's amazing so um Joe pays a visit to Jan's husband Paula's ex who works at the Ferrari dealership and then we're gonna cut to um the campaign office of Steve Mann where sober Connie Mann uh, who takes the minutes in the group is working on the campaign. So she has a job too, not to disqualify her. 3305 to 3457. 
Wow. <laughs> this is a beauty. Get out of here. My training wouldn't pay the tax on this thing. Detective, if you don't mind, I've got customers waiting. Could we get to the point? What can you tell me about your late wife? Jan was a wonderful woman. And very misunderstood by most people in this town. She cared passionately about the less fortunate. Well, you're telling me she didn't have any enemies? I was very supportive of Jan, but not blind. She was not the most loved person on the PTA. I'm finding that out. As far as enemies, well, she uh, did take over the presidency midterm from Connie Mann. No. No, we have not received them yet. And how can we run a campaign without campaign buttons? But you said next Thursday, two weeks ago. All right, but this time for sure. Please? Pretty please? Thank you. Beth? Beth, now he says next Thursday. Oh, I'm sorry. Where were we? Uh, Jen Mayfield didn't take your job. You resigned. That's right. That's right. You see, with my husband's political campaign, it all just got to be too much for me. Anyway, Jan took over. She operates better under pressure than I do. Well, she used to. But you're still on the board. Yes, that's right. But a secretary. That way, all I have to do is take the minutes and then read them back at the next meeting. And Steve needs me now. He comes first. And he is the best candidate. And I'd say that even if he wasn't paying for my art therapy classes. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.